Hello. Um, welcome to what I'm going to try and do is a podcast on Anchor that uh, sort of discusses League of Legends and more importantly uh, the management of esports and everything that sort of goes with that. So my name is Alex. I'm a by profession. I'm a traditional sports coach. So specialising in tennis, I do football coaching, tennis coaching, and a couple of other little bits and bobs. Um, I'm also a business developer for a coaching company where we try to get as many kids mainly active um, and progressing them as talents and as individuals and as humans uh, in the best way that you know we sort of can. Um, but I have been playing League of Legends for about five years now. Um, I'm currently also studying a degree at university doing sports management so I'm super super interested in this and this is the sort of industry that I'd love to get into and go for so I thought what's a better way to sort of discuss it and keep my mind active in terms of the esport realm than to make a podcast about it so that's what I'm going to do and uh, this one is going to be the first episode of what I was thinking of calling the series of this week in league so it sort of discusses uh, everything that's going on in the sort of esports and more specifically the League of Legends sphere. Um, but from an esport and a management point of view, rather than a player or a, a spectator's point of view. Um, just to sort of keep my mind active, keep the things that I want to think about and the things that I want to do um, present and uh, very real at the moment. So... Um, yeah, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the BBC article that came out about Staffordshire University. So this, for me, was uh, just unbelievably interesting for several reasons. So Staffordshire Uni, which is a uni in England, um, have now created an undergraduate and a master's degree um, about esport management, um, which is phenomenal in, in you know progression of esport mainly. Um, but also for people, uh, when I've been at university, we've done a project, a big esports tournament, a really successful FIFA esports tournament um, that went down really, really well. We had over 50 people entering, which for the first time that Bournemouth Uni has ever hold, held an esports tournament, um, and especially on the course that we're doing, this is it was quite a big step for myself and for the guys that were involved. Um, but no one really is into eSport as a thing at my university. That happens to be because it is a traditional sports university. But I think Staffordshire Uni have really moved with the times here and done something amazing. Um, it's supposed to be on things like events organization, um, the way to develop a team and the business plans that go with that. There's supposedly some promotion um, and creating of online communities, which I think... As topics, you know, they're very interesting. It depends what you're going into. I think these are for people who'll be working in eSport, but not necessarily people who will be managing eSport teams. So if you're from the perspective of a coach, this may not be something massively useful. Um, I think that's more sort of industry-specific. So being in an industry where you can be coaching, obviously you have to coach yourself and get yourself to a decent standard in order to do it. Um. But there's normally a lot of pushback against the idea of eSport and, you know, the non-traditional sports um, have a huge pushback, especially at a traditional sports university, but just in general, really. So, for example, I tried to email my university eSports team for League of Legends uh, and offered some of my help, volunteering, obviously, um, to help out as much as I possibly can. I never got a response, but that was all through the students' union. So there's generally a lot of pushback 
Um, why that's the case, I have absolutely no idea. Potentially because of the sedentary lifestyle that we're living and the push for trying to be as active and as healthy and the you know the well-being movement that's going on at the moment. But with all honesty, it's a, it's a difficult time for people who want to get into eSport, although it's blooming and it's firing away at you know, unprecedented levels at the moment. I mean, you only need to look at Worlds and how in the first day there was over 800,000 concurrent viewers of the play-ins, which is just the rubbish teams, really, um, in comparison to the rest of the Worlds teams. But I think this is going to be a huge movement and this could be something amazing for eSport in general. But more importantly, the people are now getting experience rather than a sports manager, they are an esports manager. Um, if I had the opportunity to do this, I think I'm, I'm generally considering it as a master's uh, viability, but I think it will be an amazing opportunity for anyone who gets involved with it. Um, the big ones will be events organizations, um, business plans um, about developing teams, and I think the most important one, from what I understand, one of the big jobs for managers of esports teams is obviously the streamlining and the creation of the most efficient day for his players and for his team um, but I understand that um, sponsorships are a really big one for esports managers as well so I think that will be a really really interesting uh, sort of development um, and how esports will grow from this I think it will be amazing um, so on to the next thing which is the MasterCard sponsorship so again, this is wonderful for esports. It's one of those things where MasterCard have been sponsoring really, really big traditional sporting um, companies. So they've done the Open for golf. They do the Champions League for football. Um, and arguably, this is the first sort of like world-class brand. And this is what how Riot described it in esports. I believe it was Riot, anyway, that described it as that. But it is certainly the biggest... League of Legends and possibly e even the biggest esports sponsorship ever. Um, they are starting to sponsor MSI, Worlds and All-Stars, so they only are doing the international events. Um, the interesting thing for me will be how, how will this develop and how will this trickle down into potential LCS sponsorship? Will it go to finals for the EU LCS, for example, when Mercedes jumped in for that one last year? Um, who knows, but they haven't released any numbers, so we don't know how much money has actually been spent on this. We don't really know like what exactly it's going to entail. Is there going to be a MasterCard skin? I saw something amazing on Reddit that was a Twisted Fate MasterCard skin that had something to do with a bronze, silver, and a gold card. Um, so his wild cards and his Q ability is going to be different colored MasterCards, um, which is what you can actually get in real life. But the... The the good thing for me is it's going to be one of these things where they are trying to create unique experiences um, and partnerships. So I think this will be a really, really good one. However, it will be really, really good for the people who are diehard, going-to-events sort of fans. So those who show up at Worlds, those who show up at MSI, potentially the LCS in a future day, those who show up at All-Stars will all be you know reaping the benefits of this Um it will be people on Twitter and Facebook who will potentially be getting offers to go um, to see these events. You know, it's going to be for those sort of fans. I'm interested to see how it will trickle down to the average fan. The guy who watches LCS every week or plays League every other day, something like that. Or those who are in jobs and can't play but like watching. How will these guys be affected by this sponsorship? Will it be something for everyone? 
You know, is it going to trickle into the game or will it just be for those unique experiences that people are after? I think that's a really, really interesting point that I would love to see MasterCard really trying to influence as many people as they possibly can within this game because I think this could be a fantastic opportunity for everyone involved in Riot, in League of Legends, in eSport, in MasterCard. Um, But... You know, it's one of those things where you're realising that esports is really getting some traction. And I think it's going to be a really, really good experience for all involved. The next one, I'm going to talk about Worlds just as a generalisation. Um, I think Worlds will be really, really cool. Really cool. So currently, I think it's day three or four of the play-ins. And uh, it's all getting quite interesting now with G2 potentially not going into the next rounds, and EDG and C9 just looking really, really strong. EDG way more so than C9. Um, But I think the key for sort of Western fans and for the managers of the Western teams is managing through defeat. Now, Fnatic, for example, and TL, TL less so, Fnatic more so, are not really used to losing. This is not something that they experience a lot in their lives. Now, they have had people like Doublelift, who's experienced losses at finals, people like Fnatic, who's experienced losses, you know, Soaz, who's experienced losses. All these sort of players have been through loss, but I'm interested to see how the coaches and the management will coach them through the losses. So, for example, if Fnatic start there, you know, it's only eight days, so it's not two weeks. You don't have that mental reset of next week we can go again and next week we can try to really beat our first week, which is something that... You know, Fnatic did do, and that's how they qualified out of groups, is they went 0-4 last year, I think it was, or 0-3 last year, and ended up winning and going through to the next round. Um, But they don't have that uh, break. It seems to me at the moment to be a a very continuous cycle of games, in which is inescapable for anyone. So my interest will be, how will Fnatic and TL, who are not used to losing and don't really know what to expect... Um, coming into this groups, the groups that they're in, um, how will they, you know, manage defeat, and how will they bounce back from that on a on a grandiose scale of worlds? I think that will be, um, but more so, uh, the other topic that I wanted to talk about with worlds was um, how brilliant this is for business, and more specifically, how brilliant this Korean worlds is for business. Um, I personally have been con- been consuming a lot of content leading up to Worlds. Um, I, as I say, I have the job in traditional sport coaching and business development, so for me it's very difficult to keep it up. I watch, I tend to watch highlights at the end of the day. Um, but prior to this, at the weekends there was you know a lot of stream highlights coming out. For example, Double Lift and all the TL guys have got these amazing boot camp highlights that have come out, which is Double Lift versus Uzi or Double Lift versus So and So, who he finds in solo queue. Um, which, for me, if there's more content to consume, that's brilliant, because these pro players don't really have, you know, much time to create content um, and to carry on streaming because of the practice schedule. Um, So the content is a massive plus. And, of course, for Riot, the more people talk about the game, the more content there is, the better, right? So the more double lift comes up against Uzi, comes up against Faker, comes up against, I don't know, Kuve, whatever. All these uh, players that he wouldn't normally come up against in NA, the more he wants to play, because this is a new experience, this is something that's going to be really tried and uh, not necessarily tested for double lift before. 
Um, the same goes for any pro player. I just use Doublelift because I've been consuming his content a lot recently, watching him play with Ole and the bot lane and things like that. So I think the more you know these people are talking and the more these people are getting involved and creating more content, the better. Um, it creates more of a hubbub around the game and something that could continuously create positivity. Um, you, you get this ability to sort of check up on the players because it's in Korea. Like, how's Doublelift doing in solo queue? How's Reckless doing? How's Caps doing? Caps is stomping, by the way. Like, that guy seems seems to be doing really, really well. Um, but a couple of weird players, like Ander, has got, he was the first to get Challenger out of all the Western teams. Who's the 100 Thieves, the, the questionable jungler from 100 Thieves, it would appear. Um, so I'm super interested to see how he does and how um, all of these players do. But you're, this idea of like checking up um, on all of the players is something that keeps doing really, really well, I think. Um, also, on the flip side of that, it would appear, though, that Riot have dropped the ball again on promoting this type of content. So I believe that... The be- one of the best things that Riot has done from a marketing point of view is at the NALCS finals when they got all of the streamers and they got the content creators up on stage and playing a game against each other. I think that created an amazing, amazing watch, an amazing experience um, and something that people watched for pure enjoyment and entertainment and not to necessarily watch the macro or not to necessarily watch and experience these professional players. You know, how does Caps do? How does... How's Poe Belter doing up against Jensen? Things like that. These questions weren't really asked because it was a laugh. People were enjoying it. So the thing that I think they've really dropped the ball on, but they did used to do very well. From my experience, one of the best things they did with Voiboy's collaboration with Riot, when he was, when Kled first came out and he was teaching people and learning Kled in the same process, um, but that was on the client, all these sort of amazing things like that were really, really good. But why not do it? Maybe it is just busy and obviously the world's, world's is the busiest time for... Riot, the busiest time for anyone at, at these sort of events. But I think they could have been doing some amazing, amazing content and amazing... Um, they could have been doing some amazing things in terms of backing up their uh, their players, you know, the people who really promote the game of the players. So why they haven't been backing these guys up, I'm not entirely sure. Um, the song came out very late as well. Um, I feel like even the play-ins, although that's not the supposedly like quote-unquote hype part of Worlds, I think they could have been doing that maybe even two weeks before um, and really building it up. There was no content that was like to build up to Worlds. There was some Eyes On uh, documentary-esque content on their YouTube channel. But, um, you know, when it comes to things like traditional sports in terms of Wimbledon or Champions League or the Ryder Cup and things like that. You see things weeks and weeks in advance. It's the Sky Sports adverts. It's, you know, the Sky Sports um, written word, um, articles, things like that, that have been promoting what they're, what's coming up, like maybe even months before. The World Cup, obviously that's every four years, so it's slightly different um, for traditional football or soccer. Um, that is, you know, people know about that months and months and months before it happens. I think Riot could be doing a wonderful job at sort of a Christmas calendar, uh, advent calendar-esque build-up to Worlds where it's like 20 days to Worlds and they create a piece of content every day for a month prior to Worlds that hypes up Worlds, that gets people interested. Um, that you know, For example, I know nothing about the Direwolves, I know nothing about Supermassive um, up until they start playing in the planes and you watch them. 
but Raya could have been doing a really good job at promoting these teams to other viewers. Um, and the more the more fans that Supermassive have, the better for Supermassive, for Zeit, not the player for Supermassive, for as many, all of the players. The manager gets to know, you know, different fans. He gets a better, um, better sort of fan base. Um, more people interested. But most importantly, that is a relationship that is definitely two-way with Raya. While Supermassive take a massive, massive chunk um, of positivity from it, Raya should be getting that chunk of positivity as well because that is a huge positive that one of the teams is doing well and all of a sudden a bloke from England like myself now knows a lot about Supermassive and maybe I start you know, watching the Turkish League because of it. So you have one more viewer on the Turkish League. Um, and there's so many things like that which I think Riot could be doing um, and should have been doing during this part in Korea, this Worlds in Korea, because I think it's a um, probably lines up to be one of the best Worlds yet. There is no, for me, there is no one team that is going to run away with this. And it's shown in the group, uh, the play-ins, that there is no team that is running away with it either. Um, so... This could be one of the most competitive and interesting worlds. Is it RNG? Is it KT? Is Samsung? Um, Genji going to come back and do something amazing, uh, like their playoff run? So this worlds could have been built up, I think, a lot better and could have had an excitement for me. Uh, I know lots of people who do play the game who are like, eh, this uh, whatever, like very indifferent about this worlds. So I'm interested to see how this will all go. But that is going to conclude all of the things that I would like to talk about today. Um, I really, really enjoyed doing it. I really enjoyed preparing it. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing, so I don't know if this is really good, if this is something that's going to be of interest, if people are even going to listen to this. I have no idea. But for me at the moment, I'm doing it because of the love for talking about it and the love for thinking about it and all those sorts of things. So um, if you have listened to this, uh, get in contact with me. Maybe leave a comment on Anchor, I think, is that something that you can do. Um, as, as I say, this is the first podcast that I've ever done. Um, you can get in contact with me at Twitter, um, Instagram. Um, I haven't done Facebook, but it's all League Talk or League Talk blog. Um, I will leave the links to all of those somewhere. Um, and I will pop this all on my Twitter and Instagram as well. So thank you ever so much for listening. Um, I will see you in a week.